Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, folks. This is Stan Pons with Make It Clear, and I want you to know that today's program has been designed with you in mind in a very special way. This is a very special program. Generally, we're teaching the Bible and we're interviewing people. Today is a very special interview, and I'm so glad that you could be with us. I want to tell you about a gal that we've heard about, you've been reading about, you probably even have seen her in television and maybe some movies as well. Her name is Sam Sorbo, and she's married to Kevin Sorbo. Those of you that have been longtime listeners and viewers of our program and podcast, you know that we've had the opportunity to interview her husband, Kevin Sorbo, basically known as Hercules and a whole lot of other things. But we get a chance to meet his better half. For those of you who don't know Sam Sorbo, I want you to know that she's very involved in filmmaking. Now, that's one word, but it involves a lot of stuff, writing, producing, directing, acting, and all of that. So she's a busy lady with that. She has her own radio program. She's an actress, of course. She was an international model, an author, a wife, a mother of three wonderful, growing, developing, active kids. She's a homeschool teacher and advocate, and she's an author on material, and she's got some great advice for us that she'll be sharing in today's program and future ones as well, so you want to be with us. And she's an education activist. So I just want to welcome to our program today and our next edition of this, Sam Sorbo. Welcome to Make It Clear. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to speak with you. Well, I'd like to know a little bit more about your background. Just briefly, I know it's not all about you and you got a message you want to share, but God had to make you you. So tell us, where did you grow up and how did you come to faith in Christ? I was born on the West Coast. I grew up on the East Coast and um, I was raised as a Jew by a non-believer. So it really didn't stick. Uh, We celebrated Christmas and Easter with chocolate bunnies and stuff. and, uh, And then in my 20s, I became successful. And I just, I just thought, okay, is this it? Cause I was under a lot of pressure growing up. I was very fearful that, uh, I wouldn't be able to support myself. And when I got to the point where I was supporting myself very handily, I, I was just like, so this is it. So what's it all about? Like, what's the point? And I went on a search to see if I could find a reason for existence. And what I found instead was basically order in the universe Mm -hmm. and where there's order, there must be an order creator Uh, that brought me to a belief in God. And, uh, and then I started checking out synagogues and churches and I found a church where I, I just felt like, okay, they get this and I get it too here. And then that of course brought me to Jesus Christ. That is exciting. And to know that when you trusted Christ, I'm assuming things began to change in your life in a pretty dramatic way. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I wouldn't say that they changed in a dramatic way right away. The, the biggest drama in all of that was that I lost my fear. And I'd grown up with a great deal of fear. But once you put your faith in the Lord and the idea that there is a higher power, your fear is dispelled. And I had a great deal of fear, and it just lifted. 
it lifted. So I suppose in terms of dramatic, I mean, that was pretty dramatic. My life didn't change that much. I mean, I still lived my life basically, mm-hmm. but then slowly and surely, uh, you know, I mean, I started praying to God and I got answers to my prayers, which was exceptional. And I've had, I've had several miracles in my life. And I believe that, that we have miracles and that we don't recognize them. So, you know, a a butterfly, a a caterpillar metamorphoses into a butterfly. And somehow we don't see that as a miracle because all caterpillars metamorphose into butterflies. But if you look at it, scientists can't explain how they do it. They just do. They're like a ticking time bomb that's coded in their DNA. And then they change into a butter. They make a cocoon or they make a chrysalis. And then they change into a flighted creature that looks very dissimilar to what they were before. And yet we just take that at face value and we say, that's not a miracle. That's just science. That's just how it works. No, gravity's a miracle. They can't explain gravity. They, they like literally, scientists can't explain it. They, they know that it's a constant. They know that it exists. Um, they suspect that maybe in the outer reaches of the universe, it exists differently than it does here but they can't actually explain it. And so, and I'm not saying that everything that's unexplained is therefore miraculous, but I don't have a better word. You know, a lot of people like to dissect the entire issue of creation and try to explain it scientifically. But at the end of the day, you can't because God created, and that was the beginning of the greatest miracle for us. So you see that, and I'm I'm so glad that you do. Now, I know that when you began your journey with the Lord, there's different components that have come into that. And then, of course, your, your marriage, of course, to Kevin. And he is a very outspoken Christian, outspoken conservative, a very patriotic man, and a man that has a message that you just have to kind of punch him in the stomach like the little doughboy, and bang, he's got material that's out. Was he always that way, or what? What influence? How did that? How did your faith and his faith come together? Well, first, I wouldn't recommend you try punching him in the stomach. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I prayed for Kevin. Okay. So it's actually a really good story, and it's in his first book, True Strength. Uh, it's 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 in our next book a little bit as well. But I prayed to God. I said I, I reached a point in my career. I was acting um, full time, was making money, was very happy with the trajectory of things. I was, you know, successful and, um, but I wanted to be married. I wanted to have a family. I just wanted that. That was good. That was the next step. Like I, like I got situated. I was financially independent enough, right? Not financially independent, but I was financially successful. And in LA, you, you date people and they're not real, the people, mm-hmm. <laughs> how else to put it there. Mm-hmm. No, you know? And so, and, and every guy that I dated, I, I could see the end before we began. Like it was like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And so I prayed to God and I said, God, okay, I get it now. Cause I'm exigent. Difficult is a word that some people might use, but, but I have standards. Mm-hmm. And I said to God, I get it. It's a compromise. I'm going to have to compromise something. So here's the deal. Okay. If you'll just tell me what to compromise, then I promise I'll do that but I just need to know what the compromise is. Shortly after I made that prayer, uh, I flew down to New Zealand. And the, the, the meeting that's in the book, True Strength, and actually the new book, True Faith, is 
Um, it was just providential. It was just, it was an amazing first meeting. We had a f- ridiculous first date. Mm-hmm. He was the guy. He was perfect. He was, he was more than, than my dreams. He, he was perfect. So, you know, I said, okay, you know what, God, uh, don't worry about it. Cause uh, you know, problem solved. Yay. <laughs> and then about a year into our relationship, he had three strokes and he nearly died. And so he ended up in the ICU. While he was still filming Hercules and all? Yeah. And he was, he was young. He was 30-something and he, on his deathbed in the ICU. And I knew that he was going to make a full recovery. Don't ask me how. I just had faith. Mm-hmm. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, seriously. Uh, yeah, I had my doubts. There were, there were a couple of uh, things that we go into in the book where it just was crazy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing him. What, what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. but in the, in the long run, when, when they released him from the hospital, I, I just knew he would be OK. But when he was in the ICU, I booked the best acting job ever. Uh, there, you know, there are a couple of there are a couple of things in Hollywood, a couple of acting jobs that are just the best. Mm-hmm. And you just know that's the pinnacle. And this one happened to be a national network TV commercial. So it's a lot of money. It was a first class trip to New York City. I, I mean, first class all the way. A commercial for my favorite thing ever, which is ice cream. <laughs> and it could have been a commercial for a car, which I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Or for a toothpaste, which I could take or leave. But it was for ice cream, which <laughs> spoke specifically to me. This is why I believe in miracles. Like, mm-hmm. because I see the miracles that you might just say, well, that's just coincidence or what have you. So it was a national network TV commercial for ice cream. And it was only, you know, five days. So it wasn't like, hey, I got a great job in South Africa. See you in six months. It was do you want me to not go to New York for this phenomenal opportunity that I have because you're lying here in the ICU? And he said, yes, I want you not to go. And I said, oh, so that's the compromise. (laughs) Done. And that was it. And so God absolutely answered my prayers and, and, and gave me the opportunity for a binary choice Mm-hmm. between my career and my husband because in that moment i recognized that it didn't matter what the career was it was going to distract me from the most important thing which was to be my marriage right and then i had another choice uh that god presented to me through my daughter Tell when me about she was that. a toddler and i was we I, I moved to new zealand i basically gave up acting as Kevin got better, I started to get back. I tried to get back into acting, but um, the Kiwis don't want jobs to go to Americans. And then I thought, well, Canada, because we moved to Canada and the Canadians don't want jobs to go to. So there was a lot of, there were a lot of forces working against me. Um, we did have trouble having children. We were going to have children right away. And that was, uh, that was difficult for us. So uh, we had to overcome that obstacle. And eventually I ended up with no acting opportunities and three kids, <laughs> which I was pretty much fine with, but then we moved back to LA. Oh. And so back in LA, I thought I'll go back to acting. Let's see. Uh, so I got a nanny and I started doing auditions in my third audition. And, and an audition is like a, it's like a two and a half, a three hour sort of lump of time. 
And so I was gone and I came back and my little girl ran up to me with her little finger. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, that's odd. And I picked her up and I put her on my hip and she turned right to the nanny who was just standing there cleaning or doing something smiling. And she said, bye-bye. Oh my. Out of the and mouth of babes. <laughs> she liked the nanny. Uh-huh. But she made it very clear that I was to stay home and be with her. And my heart breaks for parents who are pulled away from their children because they think there are things that are more important. You know, I've done a deeper dive into your history because I really Uh cared for you as the one who would want to be on our program. And you are a very um, talented person that really has a capacity to at least project, but I think there's reality in it, how to keep many plates spinning, but to know which are the most important plates to keep up into the air. And I looked at you, that you are really a full-on personal woman before God, first and foremost. And from that is your relationship to your husband. And you, you are a wife, and you realize that there is a role he plays, is a role you play in the Two of you together make more. Then you are a mother to your children and that you really care for them emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially, academically, and you're really on. And it's not just you have a heart for that. You have so much of a heart for all of that that you then project that, number one, into your husband's career and business. So you're, you you co-write with him. You, you co-produce with him. You work on the projects with him. You sometimes act in the same uh, film projects together. But at the same time, you are full on for your own kids. And you want other mothers to know that it can be done with Christ. And here are some of the things that might help out. And so you are right now becoming, uh, by the Lord, raised up as one who's using a voice for homeschooling. And right now in our history, with this virus crisis going on, you are letting them know, because a lot of parents that uh, really weren't homeschoolers at all, they just dumped them on the public school system, are learning that they now have to take a role in their kids' education. So you've got books out on that, first starting with the relationship with your own kids and the responsibility there. You've got blogs going on. You've got your radio program. You're then seeing all over television right now speaking on a home school emphasis. Let's kind of segue into that because God was shaping you for that uh, vision and mission right now. Talk to us about that, won't you? Sure. So I just described the that my daughter forced me into clarity. And I guess, I guess the overarching comment there is that our culture forces us into um, obscurity. If that's if that's the word that that should apply there, it forces us into a kind of a fog, mm-hmm. where we are now incapable of discerning hierarchy. Uh, so for me, the hierarchy is God, mm-hmm. and then family. Mm-hmm. And then job, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to have that. So even if you don't have God, it's still important to have hierarchy. But it sure makes it a lot easier if you have God, right? Because then you know who you're serving first. And then everything else sort of aligns with that. And because God is good and his morality is true, then you align yourself with those morals 
And then you know where every, everything else sort of stacks up. And, you know, we are order seekers. We're, we're created, of course, in the image of God. God is the order creator. He actually spoke existence into being. Mm-hmm. Like, right? And so um, so we are called to create order. And it's, 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 a, it's a function that we serve. And we start serving that when we are very, very young. Mm -hmm. So babies and toddlers seek out order. Mm -hmm. And if you give them order, then they will figure out what to do with it. But but they will glom onto it because they want things to make sense. I was just talking to my son this morning about, um, about this idea. So he has a little bird. And the bird's still young and the bird is learning. He has the bird on his finger and he puts his hand on it and he flips it over. And he's training it so that the bird will lie in his hand one day. And it takes a long time because the bird doesn't understand. He doesn't like being flipped over. Um, but the more you do it, then the bird understands, oh, the flipping over is just temporary. And then I go back. And so now he's learning to relax and pretty soon he'll relax enough to take the finger away and then he'll lie in your hand. And so it's a training and our children need to be trained. But as adults, we forget, we forget that they need that. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, and, and by the way, as adults, we need the training, which is why when we keep repeating the things that's the, the thing that goes wrong, God keeps giving us the same lesson again. Because we need to, obviously, we need to learn that lesson. So the idea is the hierarchy is is very important and and that we are geared to understand hierarchies. When I first started, so when I started teaching uh, teaching my oldest, he had just gotten through second grade and they, and they weren't serving him. They did a very poor job educating him. And, and I think school should be about education, which, which it always makes me laugh when people say, well, what about socialization? I go, but that's not what schools should be about. So I don't care about socialization because education is my primary goal. Mm-hmm. Schools aren't getting it done. So I'm going to solve the education issue with homeschooling. And then I will look at the socialization, right? So we, we put it in a hierarchy. So don't come to me and say, yeah, the schools suck for education, but boy, socialization, they really got that going on. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they don't mm-hmm. because there's no guarantee if you drop your kid off at school, whether he will be the bully or be bullied. There's no guarantee one way or the other, or be the, the kid who's just left out of the whole thing or, or be the kid who's, who's running the whole thing. Like you just don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I took my, my son out of, uh, Uh, after second grade and started home educating him third grade. And I did something called Shirley grammar. Somebody turned me onto it. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. I'll do that. Shirley grammar is a grammar program that teaches English language grammar. And they have little um, jingles. So uh, one of the Shirley jingles is um, uh, this little noun floating around names, a person, place, or thing with, uh, and, and it goes on. And so you teach the kids these jingles and they like it because music is order, except for jazz. I don't understand jazz, but we won't get into that. <laughs> music is order and it's auditory order, which is phenomenal, right? Completely different than sighted order, but very useful. And so we teach them the jingles and then we teach them that every sentence has a subject noun and a verb. 
And my children used to come to me in the morning and say, can we do this, the SNV stuff? I want to do the SNV stuff. Because they wanted to create order. Exactly. Because God is a God of order in their heads, in his image. And therefore, we fit better into an organized system. And let's just pause for a moment and remind our listeners that you're listening to Sam Sorbo, wife of Kevin Sorbo, but a woman of herself. She is really committed to making sure that kids are educated accurately and correctly and compassionately and courageously. And she does it through the Homeschool Network. And she's got books on this. And I'd like to make sure you that are listening to us right now that you would visit her website samsorbo.com, samsorbo.com. You're going to find in that website a plethora of information, not only about Sam's background, but also about what she's passionate and tremendous amount of material that will help you on your journey with your own kids, marriage, and your spiritual journey with the Lord as well. So we've been talking with Sam Sorbo. Sam, continue on. We only have a couple more moments left. And for our listeners, we are going to do a part two of this, of course. So we want you to be back for our next edition as she explores this in a lot more detail. And you'll want to come to the program ready to engage because she'll give you truths and principles that'll be very helpful to you. Sam, continue. Wow, that's quite the buildup. Okay, so (laughs) I want to talk about how the schools are not serving our children. Mm-hmm. And it stems, we'll, we'll, we'll have it stem off of order, and, but I'll reserve that because it's a bit of a longer discussion for our next, next, uh, next visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I let you go, I want to talk quickly about uh, the new book, True Faith, because this is how you get through the struggles. And so Kevin wrote a book, True Strength, after his, um, and it took, it took 12 years of my gentle nagging for him <laughs> to write it. Uh, he didn't want to write it because he didn't want people to know just how vulnerable he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, True strength, of course, refers to the strength that he found to battle through that was completely different than than the the strength that he appeared to have on Hercules, where a bunch Mm -hmm. of stunt guys made him look super strong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because that book helped so many people in the long run, his, his struggles inspired so many people to battle back and overcome. And we have just emails after emails and people go up to him and hug him and say, well, not anymore, but they used to go up and hug him and say, thank you so much. Your book turned my life around. I I made it back from my car accident. I quit smoking. I lost 150 pounds, like just amazing stories. And I, I thought, you know what, let's do a book, True Faith, about how faith works in everyday life to make life better. And um, so the back of the book says marriage and movies and miracles. Oh my. Uh, So I talk, we talk about marriage. We talk about our movies, obviously. Um, A a part of the book is the making of let there be light because that movie was a miracle um, in many different ways. And And I'm going to tell you people all over the world have seen that movie and they're still talking about it. They show it again and again and again, as they can download it and watch it. And they use it as a tremendous conversation piece. So I'm telling you that was a miracle to make, but that miracle really brought fruit to the glory of God. Yeah. I mean, the emails that we got off of that film about how it's changed people's lives is, uh, it's very moving, actually. So um, I, I'm very happy about that. I'm hoping that it becomes a Christmas sort of perennial Christmas favorite. Um, so, yeah. So the, the subtitle of this book is Embracing Adversity 
to live in God's light. It's available at samsorba.com. Uh, uh, I, I talk about the fact that we, we ought to be embracing our adversity. Now, Paul talks about that, um, that we should give thanks for our challenges. And, you know, you, you hear that, you go, uh, say what? No, thank you. No. But the fact is, it's through our challenges that we grow. And if I'd never taken on home education, I wouldn't be here with you today. I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't have done... I wouldn't be on the air. I wouldn't be doing a TV show. I just, I, I have grown so much. And the funniest, the funniest, the, the miraculous thing is that God then redeemed my acting career. And I want to hear more about that on our next program, if we can, Sam. I tell you what a great program we've had today. Again, those of you that have been watching, this is Stan Pons with Make It Clear. So glad that you could be with us. Be sure to go to our website, makeitclear.org. There's a bunch of information on there that'll help you. But I also want to invite you to to visit samsorbo.com to learn more about Sam's life, but more about her mission and vision in this life for others. And I want to invite you to be back with us next time for Make It Clear. Sam, thank you so much for what you've shared. And I can't wait for them to listen to our next interview with you that's coming up. Thank you so much. God bless you. Listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.